1: And now, here's your host.
2: (laughs) I didn't mean to frighten you. Come, let us continue our tour. There is much to see, so look alive and stay together. I'd hate to lose you.
0: So soon.
2: As you travel past these priceless
0: works of art, perhaps you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Of course, it's only a trick of the light. I leave you now, but I'll be waiting for you on the other side.
2: Have a frightfully good time. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, it's been a while since I've had my guest on today. She's a friend of the show, and one of her early shows was one of the most listened to podcasts I've had out there. So I'd like to welcome back to the show Christy Peterson Schoonover. Christy, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing fabulous.
2: That's awesome. So Christy is someone who presents stories of... Uh, things like ghost stories and things of that nature. And I'll put some links to the sh- in my show notes page to some of her previous shows. So if you're not up to speed and it's been far too long since I've had her on, if you're not, if you don't remember, I'll, you can go and listen to those shows, but Christy's coming on again to tell us about some new Disney stories and maybe a few other Disney nuggets that we can share. So, uh, Christy, why don't you tell us what you've been up to in the last, oh, I don't know. Has it been five years really since we last talked?
0: It's yeah, <laughs> it's been about five years since the last time we talked. It was right after my honeymoon in 2012, which we did spend in Walt Disney World. I've been to the park four times since then. I have another trip coming up in September. I did a lot of new things there in that time. Maybe not new to seasoned park goers, but new to me. Uh, I've also really enjoyed your show over the last five years because it kept me in the loop and also I really love just revisiting the old attractions uh, and you've had a lot of great recordings and so you've been with me on my car trips and while I clean and so even though it's been five years, I was kind of shocked when you're like, can you come back on the show? I was like, oh my god, it's been that long. <laughs> it's like I feel like I have kind of never left Um but yeah. So anyway. And it was fun
2: I'm taking nice. those trips with you. I was glad I was there along for the ride. It was it was really good for me too. So thanks.
0: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I don't know if cleaning my toilets was that exciting, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm glad to be along for the it
2: ride. Is what it so. Is. <laughs> hey, however anybody chooses to listen to me, that's fine with me. If you like listening, that's great. So anyway uh, so you've got uh, you've got some new stories to share with us, some interesting things, um, perhaps some uh, ghosty oriented uh, details or particulars I do
0: um, basically, what i've been doing um, is that I have been I, I have always looked at and appreciated the spooky side of Disney. Um, for those of your listeners who don't know, uh, I wrote a book called Skeletons in Swimming Hole, Tales from Haunted Disney World. Um, it is available on Amazon and in, in Kindle and on Nook and all those things. Um, they are fictional ghost stories that take place in the parks. Um, but more recently – I had – the book was so successful that I had kind of wanted to do a second volume, which on the last time I was on here five years ago, I said, oh, yes, I have all these stories. I'm going to work on them. I had hoped to have it out in 2013. Well, that didn't happen. It's still not out. Hmm. Uh, but then I became fascinated with a lot of the urban legends that surround Disney parks, and there are many. There are many. Um so, what I decided to focus on tonight was some of the stories that are not, uh, they're not that popular. These are the lesser ones. Um, we have all heard, I think, especially listeners to your podcast, if they are, you know, Disney people, which I'm assuming that most of you guys are, uh, we have all heard um, the stories of, You know, Disney's head was cryogenically frozen, and there's in particular been much written on the internet, especially in the last couple of years, about George, the ghost who supposedly haunted (laughs) Walt Disney World's Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Yep, George. Yep, Yep, George. We all know George. There's the little boy in the haunted mansion, Doom Buggy, uh, and the little blonde girl that supposedly rides Spaceship Earth all day long. Uh, But I think because of the way that we share stories now, which is really through social media, which has really exploded in the last few years, many more lesser-known stories have come to light. And I'm still working on that second collection of ghost stories, and a lot of these new things that have come to light have really inspired what I'm working on now. So I thought that I would go through and pick my four favorites – and uh, kind of go into detail about those. Very cool. So, is that what you want to hear? Yeah,
2: I want to hear about that because I, you know, I'm trying to trying to take a different bend here, and let's talk about something interesting and fun. You know, something we don't we don't normally talk about. I mean, there are a lot of urban legends out there, and you, you mentioned Walt's head being frozen. And you know, I can assure you, for anyone who thinks that it's frozen somewhere in the tunnels in the Magic Kingdom, it is definitely not down there. I've been through every nook and cranny down there, and I never saw it, and never heard anybody that knew where it was. So. Uh, you know it 's not there, so but it's you know there's some good good urban legends out there, and some of them are really intriguing, and some of them you know I kind of kind of do that double take on like huh, you know, just for that moment uh, because they're're they 've got enough meat to them where they feel like they could be true potentially and that 's what I love about some of these urban legends so i want to I want to hear which ones you 've you've come up with
0: yeah i 've got a few um and I will preface this by saying if you really search around on the internet. And if you talk to cast members and if you innocently strike up conversations with other guests, when you're in the park, there are so many stories. Uh, My husband is an occult specialist. He's also a paranormal investigator. And I can say that I'm really open minded because I have honestly seen and heard things for which I really don't have an explanation. And I think it's that mystery that keeps everyone interested. Mm -hmm. And I think that any place you get a wide range of emotion and a Disney park is a perfect example of this because it can be so magical and so intensely happy, but it can also be a place that can make us sad. You know, like when we go there and we relive trips with our grandparents who may have passed on, Um, it can also be a place where, let's face it, family vacation vacation. There can be intense frustrations and arguments sometimes. Uh, I have talked to cast members who have said, Oh, it's the three day meltdown.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're there on that third day and you're like, Oh my God, I want to kill my sister. Uh, <laughs> sadly, there have also been some deaths on the properties, which we're all well aware of, which a lot of these urban legends kind of grew out of, which is interesting to me. Hmm. And, uh, but that can leave a door open for. Making a spiritual mark on an environment, Um, and I think that's because the resonance is higher and they say that spirits are attracted to intense emotion. Uh, Every horror film does that. There's a reason it's a trope, if you think about it. And I think the popularity of some of these ghost legends, too, comes from the fact that we are all, at our very cores, afraid of the unknown. And certainly death falls high on that list. And uh, so I chose to focus on the urban legends that really specifically deal with ghost stories. Cool. And I have about 17, I have a list of 17 that I have really researched. And this comes from fan Disney boards, uh, boards where, you know, things like Disboards, boards, um, WW Magic, Uh, The Old inside, The Magic, you know, where cast members would come on anonymously and share stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And I looked for a lot of things there too and uh, really found a lot of stuff. But I've been doing this for the last five years. I've just been researching stuff. Um, And I came up with the top four that I think are the most interesting. So the first one that I have to share is there is a ghost called Stetson. Now, I have only read about this on one Disney fan message board. However, I have seen a couple of scant references on a few websites. But I love this story. Apparently, the Wilderness Lodge is rumored to be haunted by the ghost of a man named Stetson. And he is so called that because his apparition apparently appears with a cowboy hat. And both guests and cast members, if you research this, have seen him and they've seen him like floating through the halls or, you know, showing up in a random bathroom mirror. There was one reference to that. But what's more interesting about this is that there are reports coming out of the lodge by guests and cast members alike that they have consistent issues with the phones. Hmm. A poster, yeah, consistent issues, and I found a lot of references to this. One of the posters who goes by the name Tucker Keys, who was on the Disboards. Now, I've also seen this on a couple of the other boards, but this is the one that I remember the most. Uh, this is on Disboards.com, so you can probably Google Stetson and Disboards, or you'll find this on Google. But apparently the club-level lounge in the Wilderness Lodge kept getting called from a room that wasn't being used. So it was what they call it. It had been um, pulled out of inventory. And when cast members answered the phone, all they heard was white noise. And they thought it was maybe a housekeeper playing a joke because apparently this is a story that's shared around the resort. Okay. Among the cast members So they finally went to the room And they found that not only Was the phone Not working Like because they're battery operated phones Or at least at that time they were This post is pretty old This post was about 10 years old Okay, um, it, it actually was not even connected to the wall hmm. So the line wasn't even plugged in
2: That's crazy
0: <laughs> Yeah so they were getting calls from a room where the phone was not even connected. <laughs>
2: okay, then yeah, that was that's kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. Then there was another poster, I'm at same threat, uh, who also stayed at that resort, and she said that at three a.m. and it pretty much happened consistently every evening they were there. They stayed there three out of four nights, I guess that it was like a five day, four night trip. Okay. And she said out of the four nights, every evening between 3 and 4 a.m., the speaker on their phone would turn on and broadcast static. Hmm. And she kept thinking it was the alarm, you know, like on the little clock phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she kept waking up and rolling over and turning off the clock phone and it was doing nothing.
2: Hmm.
0: And I thought that was interesting.
2: Interesting, yeah.
0: Uh, The thing about urban legends is that there are a lot of tropes that pop up. And the fact that this kept happening between 3 and 4 a.m. is kind of very horror movie. Uh, But it's still sort of an interesting story, particularly when you hear a lot of complaints about the phones. Mm -hmm. So it could – now a natural explanation could be there's just problems with the phones or there's problems with the electricity. But it's still a real interesting story.
2: It is an interesting story. Yeah, just kind of – you know, kind of makes you, it, again, just rooted enough in reality where there's, you know, just enough there to make you stop and think, right, that yeah. there's there's something to it. Interesting.
0: Well, and I also think, too, that a lot of these stories, like I said, they come out of a common experience. It's something very primal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we are scared of things coming out of the dark, and we're scared of things that we don't know. And this next one's really interesting. Um, this is the contemporary jumper
2: Okay. I, I This one I'm familiar with. Yes.
0: Yeah. This one is a little bit sensitive. Uh, so I'm going to preface this by saying that when I talk about this, no disrespect is meant at all to anyone or to the families who have actually died in this manner because most of them – most of these deaths are, from what I understand, contributed to suicide. Uh, and that's a very t- touchy subject and it's very difficult to talk about. So I'm going to give you the facts and then I'm going to talk about the story, the ghost story that has risen out of the facts. And then I'm going to give you the reason why I think these stories have risen out of the facts. Um, I know of at least four deaths that are attributed to either jumping or falling from high points at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. And meaning I know of at least four, it means they were actually reported in the news somewhere somebody actually reported them okay. um, in a few minutes I'll talk about how many that some cast members have actually said there actually are uh, which is really quite shocking because um, you never think about it there yeah. uh, but I have to note here that the de- the details of all of these tests are fuzzy because some were reported in the news but the final details were never released uh, in some cases there were factual errors in the actual news reports. Like, uh, there was one, the LA Times reported that the Contemporary Resort was 24 floors. Right. right. And we all know it's only got 14. Right. You know, maybe 15 if you want to count the California Grill as a double floor. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, but there's really only, I think, 14 keys in that elevator right or am i'm mistaken uh,
2: that's correct there's only 14 yeah
0: yeah i think it's only 14 keys or 14 <laughs> buttons um but i first heard this in 2008 and i was staying at the contemporary with my friend megan and we hadn't stayed there in many years it was like a celebratory trip and we were down in the bar talking to some other guests uh, we were at the wave at the time so it was like kind of new i think the wave had only been there a couple of years and, uh, these guests were frequenters of the contemporary, and they were older, and they had been staying there every time they visited. Okay. And it was like every couple of years, and it had been going on since the 70s. So, since Megan and I had gone there as kids in the 70s, we struck up a conversation with them. I don't even know how this conversation got started, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And, um, We just really enjoyed talking to them, and they basically told us this ghost story because they said, oh, are you staying in the A Tower? Because you know the South Wing is still there right? Right." in 2008, and the South Wing is still there now, but it was still there in 2008, and we said, yeah, we're staying in the A Tower, and they said, okay, are you facing the Magic Kingdom? And we said, yes, and this one woman said, okay, in the dead of night when the contemporary is at its quietest. You can step out to your balcony and if you're patient, she said, you might see a black shadow plummet from the top of the building right in front of you and it vanishes after it passes you.
2: Hmm.
0: And then she explained that there have been, you know, deaths at the contemporary. There had been suicides there and um and. Then I did some research into the suicides, and I found out that the ones that were reported have been there was one in o two, o five, fourteen, and believe it or not, last March. okay? So in o two, what's interesting about this story, and I'll go into this, is that all of the ones that were actually reported happened in different areas of the building. So in two thousand and two, a cast member jumped from the observation area at the top of the contemporary. In 2005, someone jumped off one of the balconies that was eventually ruled a suicide, but it did take a couple of years to have it ruled that way. In 2014, somebody leapt from the north side of the building to the ground, and that was outside. Okay. The one that happened last year, according to what a witness reported, And again, I preface, you don't know, you know, a lot of these things you don't know because you also get into the whole idea of persistence of memory and do people remember what they saw, you know, exactly, whatever. What's being said is that the guy jumped from the inside of the A tower and landed on the monorail tracks, Hmm. but nobody actually came out and gave an official report and said that that actually happened. We know there was a death. Right. Right there apparently was another death two weeks before that in the lagoon seven seas lagoon yep and you got you you know your listeners can google this Yep. stuff will come up it will come up it was reported in associated press it was there um the monorail line was shut down for a while but i don't think the specific location detail of that particular death was confirmed but what's interesting about her ghost story is that there are so many like it in other parts of the country that have nothing to do with Disney. Uh, I, myself, grew up on a lake where people frequently jumped off this giant rock into the lake called Chicken Rock, into the water. And as kids, it was a rite of passage. I jumped off it, you know? And part of this rock, like, juts out really far. And as kids, we were told That there were accidents where people didn't jump out far enough to clear the rock and they smacked their heads on the way down and they died. Okay, I never found any evidence anywhere that anybody actually died (laughs) from jumping off this particular rock. I never found it. I did find incidents of there were two different people. It was about 40 years apart that were injured because they smacked their head on the way down. Okay, But no one died from it. But the story went when we were kids that if you sat out there at midnight on your boat because as kids, we very much had a boating culture here. You know, everybody's dad had a boat. You learned how to drive a boat when you were 15. You just – that's what you did. You – instead of cars, you partied on boats. Um, You could see the ghosts of those victims jumping over and over. Hmm. There's also a place called the Banshee Cliff in the Mariana Islands where people supposedly jumped off and killed themselves. This was a very big World War II thing where the Japanese soldiers did not want to surrender to the Americans, so they just jumped off and killed themselves instead. That's the story that's associated with it. Right, okay. And people have claimed that they have caught, you know, spirits on their camera, black shadows jumping off. There are countless other ghost stories from all over the world where this is a common thing that's told. And I think honestly, after looking at this urban legend, it's probably just that the scenery changes from this. You know, did these people hear things? And then they're just repeating that story and adapting it because it's spooky and it's interesting.
2: That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um yeah, it just it kind of captures your imagination perhaps a little bit and makes you makes you stop and think. Um, as you say, it's the unknown, right? So it's it's easy to kind of latch on to something that maybe you think you see. You know, it's the, it's the uh, thinking about the phantom manor. You know, going back in my mind for a moment, in the phantom manor. You know, it's it. Uh, Vincent Price talks about you know is it, it is it something you actually see or is it just a trick of the light? And yes, you know, there's the, kind of that, right? And it, kind of the spookiness of it in that sense.
0: Yeah, and on a sadder note, um, there have been anonymous cast members who posted on some of these fan boards, uh, that jumping off the contemporary or other high structures in the parks is not as uncommon as you might think. Um, apparently they have 30 to 35 incidents a year, Hmm. according to various different cast members that come on and say, yes, I'm a CM. Mm -hmm. I work here. I can't give my name. Uh, some yeah, yeah and some of the details I was able to glean about some of the actual incidents which I'm not sharing here because some of them are actually kind of graphic sure uh, they came directly from people who were working there on the day it happened hmm. they're like yeah I remember that I can verify this happened blah blah, blah. Um, are you ready to go on to the next
2: one yeah no that was <laughs> it's an interesting one because I, I know that you know I knew that story and I knew about the um, the cast member uh, the one in 2002 I remember hearing that story um it was a you know somebody that it was somebody that was like a friend of a friend kind of thing, so I had the you know it was yep. a little bit of a connection there so I kind of didn 't know the person personally but um it you know, kind of kind of struck me it was like wow, the person fell off the contemporary and it it was it was a, it turned out to be a suicide as as i recall but um you know it was it was an interesting thing and yes i've 've heard the urban legend that you know you can still see them falling and i i 've never seen it myself, but you know that's it 's an interesting legend that goes along with that because it you know it's Somebody died like that. Uh, yeah, kind of interesting. And it's, yeah. it's,
0: it's, I think it's also disconcerting too because we believe Disney is the happiest place on earth, mm-hmm. and I think that's why me in particular I connect with it because you know you can still go there and be sad, you that's can still go there and feel despair, you can still go there and feel like you're the loneliest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> you know? yeah. and a lot of people don't like to feel that way and yet I think for someone who may or may not make that choice to suicide um, maybe it's a comforting thing for them to do it there mm-hmm. You know, maybe. and that was something that one cast member said he said it's terrible to think about it's horrible and the grieving family and everything we try to do for that family to try to make them feel better and we can't make them feel better but the reality is There's a reason they chose to do it here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Was it a comfort for them to do it here? Did it mean something to them? And and that was kind of interesting. And like I said, the ghost story, I think itself, it's not that that the suicides didn't happen. The ghost story is all debatable. But it's how did that that person actually see something they couldn't explain? We do know. um, You know how sometimes you see something out of the corner of your eye? And it's like a black shadow or something, and you're like, oh my God, I think I just saw a black shadow. There is a biological phenomenon that has to do with your peripheral vision. That on occasion, depending on the state of your health, depending on, you know, for example, if you're intoxicated or not, you know, whatever, uh, you can think you see things out of the corner of your eye that is really just a trick of the brain. We do know that that is a biological phenomenon that goes on. So are we also dealing with that? And if the individual goes to Disney or is in a spooky place and is sort of suggested by these stories and is aware that people jump off or something, is that something they maybe see out of the corner of their eyes that their brain is playing a trick on them? There's so many possibilities. There's so many. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. We know there are bi- – there can be biological explanations for that. Someone can have cataracts and see black shadows. There There are so many different things. It's just interesting to note that these are such common stories that circulate not only about the Disney jumpers but elsewhere in the world. Yes. And if this is going on, it's like the scenery changes. It's the same story, but the scenery just changes.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And that's
0: what I find really interesting. I'm like, wow, everybody sees this stuff, but it's like all in these different places. Right. Um, This one is kind of really near and dear to my heart because um, I do a lot of volunteering at a local aquarium. And I used to volunteer on occasion at local zoos like the Bronx Zoo. And so inevitably, I know a lot of people in the field of animal husbandry who both work in aquariums and zoos. And people in that line of work do tend to move around working at different aquariums and zoos mm-hmm. until they find the home that's perfect for them, okay. so to speak. You know, okay. They'll work five or six places. It's, it's kind of almost like a Disney culture. You know, you kind of get to know everyone in those fields, and people move around. You know, they'll work at Shed Aquarium in Chicago, and then they'll transfer to, you know, the aquarium at Georgia, and then they'll end up at Norwalk, Connecticut, and they'll go, oh my God, this is the place for me, and then they'll stay. Um, but it's the same thing with zoos. They, they switch around a lot. You, it's not uncommon you go work at the Bronx Zoo and you meet somebody who worked at San Diego Zoo. You know, they, they just move around a lot.
2: Sure, okay, makes
0: sense, yeah. yeah. so it's just, I'm just prefacing it with that so that, you know, it, it's kind of easy to understand. I knew someone uh, who left the Bronx Zoo but worked at the end, you know, now she's out in Chicago, but she, she worked at the Animal Kingdom in the original husbandry department back when the park first opened. Okay. So we're talking like 1998, so it was a while ago. And she swore... That there was a portion of the savanna at Kilimanjaro safaris that the cast members noticed the animals refused to go. Hmm. They are allowed to wander, and that is a very big space there. Uh, but it was like they'd hit some kind of invisible barrier, and they would just turn around and just walk away. They'd be like, no, we're not going there. Hmm. And apparently they tried baiting it you know, to get them to spread out because it is an area where the trucks go. Yep. So they were trying to like get that to happen. And to this day, nobody knows why. I don't know if it's still going on now because it was many years ago. It could have changed. I've never seen this reported anywhere on the web. Uh, I think it's a neat idea. And if the land – I mean if this really is true, there could be several natural explanations for it because animals are just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um You know, they could not like the smell of certain plants that are over there or whatever. I know this from hanging out with husbandry people. There could be a lot of reasons for it that are completely, you know, completely normal. But the land before Disney bought it was lots of swamp, it was lots of bog, it was lots of forest. And those are kind of creepy places in themselves. Yes. Where if we think about it for hundreds of years, no one set foot except for the tribes that were indigenous to the area so yeah. i mean if at all so it is possible if you do believe in the supernatural things could have happened there there could have been you know murders illicit burials violence curses you know who knows and those left their marks upon the land mm-hmm. because animals can sense that so
2: yeah, that's cert- certainly a possibility that's that's interesting that's a that's an interesting one i hadn't had i I had to have a recollection of having heard something about the animals not going to certain areas of savannah, but I didn't know any anything beyond that. I just remember hearing something like they wouldn't go to certain places, but that's yeah. interesting, you know a little more corroboration to that piece of it you know, little nugget well, that's really
0: cool because no one I've talked to outside of the husbandry industry has heard of that, and I googled my ass off I'm like, dude, it's got to be out there yeah'm it, like <laughs> it's, it's like and nobody has talked about it, it except it, for husbandry boards, animal husbandry boards that's out there, and, and not it's, on Disney boards. And it's
2: funny because it's oh. just—it's this vague recollection, you know. And it's just because I, I think because I study the history of things, I just picked up something, and I remember something about animals not going in a certain place now. The, the thing i may, I may be remembering may be just simply that the animals didn't go there because you know they were they were cut off or there was you know the food supply was different or something i don 't remember the reason for it. I just have a vague recollection of there being some reason animals didn 't go in some part and uh they had some they had some issues with different uh, different animals for that you know and it may be because they were trying to keep animals away from each other there may have been an issue with the animals you know um not getting along or something i don't remember but i do have a a vague recollection of something about the animals not going there and that could that could tie in with it interesting
0: yeah it's interesting and it's it's just like i said you know you and i both know there could be a million natural explanations for that but it's because the story kind of grew up around it like it got out You know, like a cast member told a guest or something and, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Um, The last one of my favorites um, is I like to call it the Lost Souls of Tom Sawyer Island. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: And this actually happened at Disneyland. Well, the incident that caused it happened at Disneyland. Um, But I heard this story initially from the ghost story part of it. From a guest when I was on Tom Sawyer Island at Disney World. Because when I go to Disney, I talk to everyone. I love talking to guests. I love talking to cast members. I just love to talk, uh, as you can tell, because I haven't shut up. Um, But uh, actually, my husband and I, this happened on our honeymoon. uh, So it's about five years ago. We were in Injun Joe's Cave, which is one of my favorite creepy places in the Magic Kingdom. And I mentioned to Nathan that it would be an amazing. Can you imagine if we did that thing, and you know, stayed on Tom Sawyer Island overnight in the cave? Uh, I would never seriously do this. (laughs) I mean, I don't have that kind of guts. I would never do it. But this had actually been done before in Disneyland, yes, and it ended in disaster. And you know the story I'm about to tell. Yeah, I do know this Um, one. Yes. Yeah, back in 1973, there were two boys that decided they wanted to spend the night on the island. So they deliberately hid until the last raft left, and then they got bored, and they decided to swim across the river to get back to the main part of the park. The older boy was 18. The younger boy was 10. The 10-year-old couldn't swim, so the 18-year-old... tried to get him over on his back. I guess he put him on his back and tried to swim him over. The eighteen year old drowned, the younger boy was rescued. Um anyone who Googles this, it's you know, Dave, you know the story. You yeah. can find it. It, it yeah. definitely happened. Uh but the the legend part of it comes in here. So I mentioned that and we're in this cave and actually you know where we were in Engine Joe's cave was
2: at the crystal part? Yes. You know where they have the glowing crystals? The creepy and you glowing can stand crystals, yep. <laughs> creepy. But that's a place where kind of guests sort of gather because
0: there's room there for you to kind of hang out. and There's some light. And you can actually talk. Um, this particular guest, who was an older gentleman, told me that one of the reasons he'd never try staying over. Uh, and then he told me this story, which I already knew but didn't say anything because I was being polite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wasn't because it would be boring after a while, but because he'd heard that the kid who died, the 18-year-old, stands on the shore after the island is shut down. He'll, he'll stand on the dock, I guess. Okay. This guy said it was kind of next to the burning cabin. That's okay. kind of where the guy said it was, calling for the soul of his younger brother hmm. who lived. Okay. And and I said to him, I said, Well, that was in Disneyland, not in Disney World and they said, Doesn't matter, the whole idea creeps me out, I'm not even gonna try it.
2: Fair <laughs> enough. You know, that's that's a good that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: So hmm. yeah, and I think what's appealing to me, um, those are the four of my favorites. I mean I certainly have more. I can come on in October or something if you wanna do a Halloween show. We do a Halloween show Yeah Yeah, we can, do a, can, yeah, yeah, we can do a Halloween show and I'll talk about a few more. But I think what's appealing to me about tragedy in Disney World and these stories is that we all go there because it's an escape. Like I said, and we can't really escape ourselves. And no matter how we try, we can't escape the reality of life as it is. So
2: no, nope. and it's it's interesting because it, you know there I I do know some stories of people who have died at the parks, and you know things do happen. Sometimes as cast members, sometimes as guests. Typically, it's a medical condition or a terrible accident. Um, you know, yeah. or some combination of those things. You know, Disney does a remarkable job of keeping people safe. If you think about the number of people that go through the parks, just to ease everyone's mind a little bit, you know, the number of people that go through the parks, all of them, throughout the year, and the small number of people that die by comparison, it's, you know, it's a very small number, very small percentage. Um, so, you know, you're you're safe. The, um, the urban legends part of it, it's just an interesting way to look at, you know, sort of the parks, because things do happen, and people, stories create around it. And sometimes there's stories, and sometimes there's some nuggets of truth, and sometimes it's just... You know, it's the, it's the flicker of light, right? It's that thing that it's in the back of your mind somewhere and it, you know, it troubles you just a little bit and you wind up thinking about it a little more and taking it in. So I find that interesting because, you know, I, I know that people are out there and they're kind of, you know, some people will be totally creeped out by, oh my God, you know, that's the way because some people react that way and other people take it a little more matter of factly and some people will go, yeah, whatever and be dismissive. But just take it for what it's worth and enjoy the story, right? Because the story is, it's, it's the urban legend that makes it interesting to me. It's, you know, that story is really what makes it kind of cool. It's, you know, what, what kind of leads to that? What what leads you to think this? What, you know, how do we get here? Some of it may be true. Some of it maybe isn't. But we do know that people die. We do know that, unfortunately, everyone dies. I guess that's the one thing you can be sure of in life. Um, yep. But, you know, the stories that go along with that are what makes it interesting, you know, and how that, how that goes. And because Disney is the happy place, it kind of... You know, it, it's interesting to think about it a little differently sometimes, and uh, there's some there's some other pieces that go with it. Uh, so I, I find that really interesting. Those are, those are some interesting stories. You know, the um, the one about the boys. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really real tragedy. I remember reading about that at some point along the way, and it's just it's just a sad thing that happened, and it's unfortunate. And again you know they made them they made a mistake and it's unfortunate that they that one of them died as a result of the mistake you know kind of a cool idea if you think about it wow i could stay overnight here this would be really neat and the other thing i was going to say about tom sawyer's island is it used to be um in disney world and i think at disneyland they used to they used to keep the caves a little bit darker and they had a little bit more noise going through there so up the creep factor just a little bit more than it is today they've lightened them just a little bit and they've toned down the noise a little bit so you kind of walk through and it doesn't have that same effect, that same chilling effect. But, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was a different story. You'd walk through, then it really was creepy. You know, it just had that certain uh, charm to it in that sense. So interesting how they changed that.
0: Well, yeah, and I think they had to because it was, it was not... Um, thing that was interesting is that when you got into the darkest part of that cave because I remember going back to it when I was adult mm-hmm. especially in Jinjo's cave and thinking this is not what I remembered
2: yes exactly
0: I mean I remember being terrified it was pitch black and I remember going in there as an adult and going this is not as dark as I remember but then you stop and you think well I was also a kid
2: <laughs> yeah that, that's part of it you too. know yeah. maybe it
0: just seemed darker than it was yeah and
2: you know, I, went, I know I went into it as an adult when it was still darker. you know I'm, I'm a little older now, so I, you know I remember going into it as an adult when it was still a little bit darker. and uh, you know it, it's definitely lighter, and I've talked to some cast members who said it's changed over the years, and part of it is for safety, uh, certainly because you know they don't want anybody to trip or hurt themselves or anything. So you know we've become a litig- litigious society to a large degree, so you don't want anybody to get hurt. Um, so that's part of it. But it, it, you know, it kind of changes the creep factor just a little bit. It makes it just a little bit less compelling. Not now for kids; it still has that certain appeal to it. No question about it. They can go in and they can enjoy themselves and kind of get into it a little bit. It's that, that's still the case.
0: No, and I'm also going to recommend too to your listeners, um, those of you know, those of you listeners who like ghost stories, as particularly about Disney parks. There are a few interesting supposed ghosts shot on video. Which are really fun. Um, there's one on YouTube called Five Disneyland Ghosts Caught on Tape. And I, I sent Dave a link, so Dave, Perfect. you can put that in the show notes. Be in my show notes um, page. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there's a ghost in the Tower of Terror. There's one that's standing on the top of the castle during the firework I, fireworks. I mean, that one is really hard to explain. Although, who knows, they could have mirrors or some kind of technology positioned up there that could have caused that. Um, But there's a bunch of them. And so I sent you that. Uh, There's also that famous one that happened a few years ago with the figure walking along the rivers of America. Yeah,
2: that's that's a really interesting one. You watch that and you kind of have that moment of, huh. huh,
0: Well, yeah, and what's interesting about it is in this particular video that's going to be in the show notes page... um, it's in sync. They caught it in sync on four different cameras from four different angles.
2: It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. That, that Which is st- odd. Yeah. It was kind of, kind yeah, of odd. Because I that kind of that. wipes
0: out the idea that there was a problem with only one camera.
2: Right. Yeah. And, you know, being being a skeptic sometimes, you look at it and you go, wow, I wonder if somebody was being very clever, clever and manipulative in some way. They figured some way to do it and they're duping me. Or... Wow, that is really cool because it it certainly looks it certainly looks real. So I mean there's you know, there's, you watch it and you go, "Okay, that's kind of interesting." Um kind of kind of compelling. The you know, the video evidence certainly 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 speaks for itself in that case. So it's really kind of interesting to watch um when you sit there and look at that one. So I'll put it in my show notes page and you can take a look for yourself and see what you think, but it's really pretty cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. It it is actually cool and it's just kind of fun. And um, on a non scary note, um, for those Disney Parks fans who are looking for more park stuff, I'm sure most of us have all read the Kingdom Keeper series and, mm-hmm. and other stuff, and uh, probably Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom by Corey Doctorow. Uh, there's a new book I just discovered. It's called Thrill Ride, it's by Bruce Kimmel, and it's fiction. And in it, a Disney Imagineer in 1957 is commissioned by Walt himself to build a new time travel attraction for the newly opened Disneyland. And what happens from there is pretty interesting. (laughs) So if, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I have not read it yet, but I have read a lot of Bruce Kimmel's work and and other things that are non-Disney related. And he is a very big Parks fan. Um, and his his writing is just Beautiful I mean it's great stuff It's a lot of fun His stuff is always a fast read too okay. Like you're kind of sucked in And you're done You can read it in a day It's, it's good stuff uh, Richard Sherman whom we all know mm-hmm. uh, And I actually got the chance To meet Richard Because of Bruce oh, cool. uh, Which is kind of An interesting whole story That I won't go into right now But um, gave it a rave praise oh, nice. uh, So I definitely sent you that For the show notes Cool um, Also, there is the movie Escape from Tomorrow, which should probably just be an episode in itself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one that uh, that I want to spend some time talking about at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, it's oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. Did did, you saw it? I
2: saw it and it was it was really interesting. I mean, it was it's sort of it's dystopian and weird and everything strange about it, but it's kind of wonderful in its own way. Yeah. the way you know, the way they put it together. It's just very very clever. And uh, the whole gorilla idea of filming at Disney was kinda cool and the Disney left him alone? <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, did you get the D V D? No, I didn't get the D V D.
0: Okay, if you get the D V D and or the Blu ray, because I own both. Okay. Because even though that was like three years ago, that was still when you were you really had to kind of watch which version you were getting to get the special features because right, right. I was all about the special features. They actually have on the DVD a lawyer that talks about why they got away hmm. with what they got away with.
2: Interesting. Okay. Have to go, well, yeah, I'll, it's I'll worth it. it and
0: now it's cheaper. It's like 12 bucks or something for the DVD. Right, right. And you should definitely check that out because it's fascinating. Hmm. And it also has two full commentaries – um, I had actually done a two-part podcast. I'm I'm a part-time host on a horror podcast now, a horror film podcast. Um, at the time, I was not. I think they asked me to be a co-host because of this two-part episode that we filmed. Actually, okay. that we recorded. Um, we spent like I think that the whole podcast in total was seven hours long.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> and he cut an hour and a half out and split it into two parts, so it's reasonable. You know, if you need to clean or if you have a three-hour car drive and you're a Disney Parks fan, definitely check it out because I definitely spend some time analyzing where exactly things were shot. Um, And it's interesting because they shot it partly in Disneyland and partly in Disney World. Okay. But they sell it as Disney World.
2: Okay. Yeah, makes sense. So,
0: and you can really tell. Like, if you've got a sharp eye, you can tell which park they're in.
2: Yeah, but... Um, (laughs) funny that you say that because there there are times when i see a commercial that's supposed to be for one of the parks especially for disney world and they'll show a picture of disneyland and you go really how how could you miss that (laughs) exactly because we know
0: we have that eye so um that's something else that i wanted to mention and also um i'd like to make a special offer for the people who listen to this podcast if i could absolutely Uh, about 10 years ago i wrote a choose your own adventure style story uh, about getting out of the Disney parks on
2: 9-11. Okay.
0: I never published it. Hmm. I never did anything with it. It is sitting in my basement. It is polished. It is done. Hmm. And the reason I'm never going to do anything with it is because it's a choose-your-own-adventure-style story. And that is a very specific type of thing that may create issues with rights. So I could never sell it, which oh, is fine.
2: Sure. Yeah, I However,
0: I made it into a chapbook. And I am completely allowed to give it away.
2: Oh, cool. Okay.
0: (laughs) And I think what's neat about it for Disney Parks fans is that it's set in the parks in 2001. So there are a lot of things mentioned in there that are no longer there. So if anyone out there would like a free copy, uh, you can visit my website, which Dave will put in the show notes. But it's com cool or you can google me there's only one of me hit me up on my contact page and send me an email with your postal mail address I will not keep your address I don't sell your list I don't sell your address I'm not going to do anything other than send you this so if anybody would like that please feel free hit me up I'm Totally, I've got a hundred copies ready to go in the basement, and I'd be happy to send them out.
2: That's really cool. What a what a cool offer. Um, yeah, but, I
0: should send you one too. So you need to send me your email address. I will, I will do your, that. Your postal
2: address. I will do that. That's um, that's cool. And you know, if if anyone can't find her address or has any trouble, look me up. You can just find it on my show notes page. Whatever, you know, send me an email and I'll get it to her. That's fine. Um,
0: yeah, and it's it's not a dark thing. It's not a ghost story. It's just uh, I imagined that day. You know, when things went down, I was like, what would go on. You know, And I had talked to a few cast members that kind of explained things to me, and, and that's part of the other reason why I don't want to publish it, because it's just kind of a private thing. So sure. anybody out there wants it, it's free. It is Choose Your Own Adventure. Those of you who are old enough to remember Choose Your Own Adventure, I'm sure you're going to have a good time with it. So hit me up.
2: That's cool. What a, what a nice offer. Um... And Christy, it's always it's always great to hear from you. I, you know, we hadn't chatted in a while, and it was really neat catching up and hearing these hearing these urban legends. And we will have to do this again and bring you back on and uh, do some more of this. Uh, interesting to hear that you know different perspectives on Disney and you know kind of how it all fits together. Uh, kind of kind of interesting, fun. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
0: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me. I was so thrilled when I got your message. I was like, "Of course!" <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I have actually been doing things.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I know you're doing more things too. Uh, you know, you've been to Disney weddings and you're going on the Wild Africa trek, so you've got it all planned out. You've got it mapped out here. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've been doing a lot of new stuff that are new to me. You know, which is kind of fun. Like I did the hoop to do review for the first time. Yes, believe it or not.
2: There you go. You know that. That's the thing, you know, and that's that's here's the topic for another podcast that I've been meaning to do for a long time. It's like something, you know, some of the things that you can do that are off the beaten path that most people don't know about. Bang. You know, there's uh and that most people have never done. You know, I here's a surprise to me and this is just kind of an aside. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was talking about how I love going on the jungle cruise at night and they went, "You can go on the jungle cruise at night. It's not only open during the day." And I did this, I had this moment like, "Huh. I bet most people don't know that." And I've been asking people around some people through, you know, different websites and different things and people go, I didn't even know it was open at night. And I go, wow. Okay. So, you know, here's a little subtle little thing that I've always known about. Cause I enjoy the jungle cruise at night more. Um, but you know, people didn't know. And it's like, wow, I can maybe share some of that information, some of those ideas and things you can do and, you know, different, different things. It's it funny
0: that you mentioned that because when I went with my husband in May last year, uh, we did the Jungle Cruise at night, and I had no idea. I was See? like, oh, my God, you could do the Jungle Cruise at night? Oh, my God, that's is the greatest thing. And it was, like, great. And I was like, how come nobody told me about this? It's it's a different – So it's so funny that you mentioned that. It, it, it's,
2: and it's a different ride when you go at night, but it's those kinds it of things. It is. It's
0: creepier, and it's more interesting,
2: uh-huh. and it's just, you know – Your focus has and, shifted to certain specific things rather than looking all over the place. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a different experience. And it's it's not necessarily even creepy different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who have done it so many times, you know, you love it, but you hear the same thing over and over. And just doing it at night is such a different experience.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky and, enough um, – I was just going to say if you're lucky enough to get there at the end of the night so that everybody's ending their shift and the cast yep. members and the skippers just want to go home, they're having a lot more fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they are. They're very relaxed. (laughs) And I mean, there's, there's interesting things too, like different places to watch the fireworks other than standing in front of the castle. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah, I'm a cigarette smoker. So I've been really lucky in that I have watched, now Disney has definitely cut down their smoking areas, but which is fine because I can actually go eight hours without a butt. I'm not one of those people that needs to chug all day. Um, But I have actually gone to smoking areas and watched the fireworks, and it's so interesting to see the different changes. Like, if you see it, it's not all about going in front of the castle sometimes. Hmm. It's just not. No. Just go, stand in a quiet place. And we were watching them one time from a smoking area in Adventureland, which is no longer there at the moment. They cut it out. It was across from the old Aloha Isle.
2: Okay. Yep.
0: Like, right in that area there, that thoroughfare before you get to Aladdin?
2: I know exactly where you mean. Yep, right in right. that right and, in the corner there, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. The fireworks were amazing. Mm-hmm. They were so close. It was like you could reach up and, and nobody was there. Yeah. We were just sitting there. There was no one. We were completely by ourselves. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> it was.
2: It's amazing yeah. when you when you just go off the beaten path and try something a little different. Sometimes you get these great experiences. I remember taking a friend one time; took him over to see uh, the fireworks over in um, in Tomorrowland, very near Space Mountain. And he was he was un- he was like, "I've seen the fireworks, but I've never seen them quite like this. It's just a different experience." And I was like, "There you go, you know."
0: Oh my God! I think that's the one place I've never seen Wishes is from Tomorrowland, yeah, and you like can... from that area. That's yeah. cool. Oh, it... Well, I'm very excited about the new show. I'm really going to miss Wishes. Uh but now I'm to the point where I've seen wishes so many times. I have the score. In fact, we sometimes go out on our lawn and have our friends over and blast it out our speakers <laughs> on the lawn and buy the cheap fireworks from Walmart and set them off and pretend and it works. We all have a great time. We're all crying by the end. It's awesome.
2: Hey, that's a, that's um, a great way to take home your Disney magic, right? And have it at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. It's a little bit weird, but it's interesting and fun. Everybody has a good time. Um, but I'm excited for the new show too. I yeah. think the new show is interesting. My question is, because they are now projecting so much stuff on the mm-hmm. castle. Yep. Do I have to see it at least once from the castle perspective? Because I don't like being down there in the crush.
2: Yes. <laughs> no, I'm with you, and I, I think seeing it there once will be good. You know, and also seeing if they if they do include more drone type things where they have more uh, 3D elements in there. Um, I really want to see how they're going to integrate those and seeing it from the castle perspective probably will, will do a lot for that um, seeing it off angle may or may not be as good I, I don't know but yeah, I want to check it out and see what they decide to do
0: yeah i think it's gonna be great and I, i'm welcoming for it and the new music looks great i'm sure you've seen the videos yep. about them yep. the new music and you know disney always does such wonderful work with music so yep. i'm very excited yep, uh, and them. yes i will miss wishes but you know i'm ready for change yeah. it's been there a long time
2: yeah wishes has been there since 99 or so something like that 98
0: uh yeah
2: no 03. Oh, th- oh, that's right since 03. yeah there was another one that was in between 99-03 to 03 or so somewhere in there um,
0: yeah, but then before 99, it was like the same show for 37 years yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, was it was
2: ridiculous. Fantasy was like, in the Sky or years, something. Whatever. Yeah, they never they never yeah. changed it at that point. <laughs> fantasy in
0: the Sky or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, and I, I think it's good that they're changing it up, and I think it's good that they gave wishes the long run that it yes. deserved. It yeah, was no, really I, a magical show.
2: Yeah, no, it really was. It is still at this point, but it was uh, by the time I get to see the next show. Yeah. Um, and, it, and and I'll be curious to see what they do, you know, how they what they put out there and how they change it, you know, given the fact that they're you know, seem to be changing some of the entertainment experiences. I'd like to see how it all works out.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, and I will get I will say one thing, Dave, just to you or whatever, or if you cut this in half because we've gone on way too long now. <laughs> uh, at this Disney wedding, because I was so busy with the bride. Oh my yeah. goodness! I got hooked on taxis. <laughs> 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 and I will say that for 15 bucks, tip included, you can pretty much get anywhere around the parks pretty darn quick. Yep.
2: That, that's a great um, point.
0: I will almost never go back to the buses now. I'm spoiled. I'm like, wow, I can just go to Animal Kingdom and get there in 15 minutes from port a French Quarter?
2: Yep. It's, Instead
0: of waiting half an hour for a bus and then being on the bus for twenty five minutes,
2: it's an amazing yeah. thing. You know, I, I since I'm local, I tend to drive, and I you know I'll go from park to park by driving unless there's an easy way to get there on foot, um, so or the monorail or whatever. So it's interesting that you say that because I always think that that same way, and I try to take it from other people's perspectives and take the bus sometimes and do different things, and it it's so much easier when you have a car or you use you use a taxi or you call Uber because Uber is still allowed there as well too. So. you know other ways to get around uh than just um just taking the disney transportation
0: while it's in fact yeah yeah, in fact for our trip this september because you know my husband sometimes is you know very hot and tired at the end of the day he's just he can't do you know he's exhausted sure and i was like that's okay i saved all our i have enough taxis Mm -hmm. with tips included now for like 20 rides oh that's awesome we're good I, like I started saving the day when I got back from that wedding. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can do buses ever again. Mm. Like <laughs> now I'm totally spoiled. Yeah. But and, it's worth it. And it's because when you think about the hours that you get back at the end that you're spending in the parks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I figured it out. I actually sat down and said, oh, my God, 20 minutes for a bus, then this then the unloading, then the walking. I'm like, we basically are saving eight to nine hours per trip.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and you're, By just you're, taking taxi. Yeah. And the taxis are available You know, pretty much at every resort hotel, uh, Disney Springs, as well as the all the theme parks. They're just off to the side. They're kind of out of view, but if you just ask, they'll yeah. point you to them. Uh, oh, my God, and you. it's so quick. Yeah.
0: It's like I walk out and I go, I would like a taxi.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they got used to me at the French Quarter because it was like <laughs> the same people. So I'd be like, can I – and they'd be like, oh, you need a taxi? Yeah. And there'd be one like, OK. Yeah. And they would just wave or something and it would magically appear. And That's I'd be some- like, oh.
2: It's wow, great. this is how this <laughs> like, works. I'm a, I'm a celebrity.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the drivers got to know me too because I kept getting the same drivers.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's a relatively small number of drivers that do the trips around. So, yeah, it's, it, you, you see the same guys and women.
0: Oh, yeah, and they, they were lovely. I had one guy that had to come with a van because I had to move all of the bride's decorations. Oh, wow. Uh, she was going to. She had her rehearsal dinner at the California Grill. The contemporary with the private fireworks viewing and the whole thing but of course she had decorations right. and you know and all this stuff and it was boxes of stuff and uh, gifts to give to people and all this and i right, was like so. oh my goodness and i was not in the wedding party in fact i had never even met her oh. we had been friends for 15 years online oh that's, that's a funny story that, that's cool <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i came strong. down i said don't worry i'll move all your stuff i'll just be your handy girl whatever so i show up at the california grill and i'm like Oh, my God. Thank God for this taxi driver. <laughs> 14 boxes of stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> they call a van. It's like giant, you know, flowers and all that stuff. They're fake flowers, whatever, that she had shipped down from Minnesota. And um, oh. it was these boxes of stuff. And the taxi drivers were lovely. Then the guy gets out of the He's like, how can I help? Let me, you know, they had all the stuff valeted. It was like, it was fantastic. And then I get up there, and I'm trying to decorate, and there's some waiters there, and they're like, "Um, Hmm. I I finally, I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, and I'm like trying to figure out how I can put her gifts nicely on the table because I don't have an eye for that, you know, and I'm all like, whatever, discombobulated, and and so one of the guys who was setting up the room came to me and said. Here's a glass of wine because he asked me what kind of wine I'd like. And I said, oh, I like I like a New Zealand – I like a New Zealand, like a nice Sauvignon from New Zealand. I really like that. And he goes, okay. OK. He hands me a glass and he goes, why don't you go have a cigarette? And I looked at him and said, how do I know I – how do you know I smoke? And he says, because you've been clutching that pack of cigarettes since the time you walked in here and I'm surprised they're not all broken. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, very observant.
0: and yeah. Very observant yeah. and just lovely and you know – and then I said, "Well, what I really need is help setting all this up because it's not going to look nice. I can't do this." And they were like, "We'll help you." How cool! What a lovely experience.
2: Absolutely. I still,
0: you know, and Melissa was so happy. The bride was so happy when oh, she fair. walked in, and everything worked out great. And I owe it to those cast members.
2: That's so awesome, and to
0: the taxi drivers and to the valets. I see, you know,
2: it's it, and that's the the great part about the experience. I'm sure she had a wonderful wedding, It's totally memorable, but. They do such a great job of helping pull it all together. Yeah, you know, it's such great. Yeah, and
0: it's those little things.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's
0: And I said, How much do I owe you for the glass of wine? And he goes, Oh, no, it's it's on us. Oh, Please enjoy. How nice. And, and I was like, Wow, like, really? We don't get this in New York.
2: No. No, it's <laughs> Not it's at all. It's a completely different experience. I mean, the way the Disney cast members I mean, that's one of the things that they that they keep that they reinforce all the time. Always make sure the guest is comfortable, make sure everybody's happy. Right? Do what you can. Um, and you have a you have a bit of discretion in in your ability to do things for people, you know, and it makes all the difference. That's one of those things that just that just sells it. That's what makes Disney so gives it that wow factor, uh, is that they will go above and beyond. It's it's an amazing thing.
0: It is, and I keep it in mind when I volunteer at the aquarium too, because I have those opportunities at the aquarium to do things sometimes. Yeah, and it just makes my volunteer experience for me and for the family or the kid or whoever. So much more special, Mm -hmm. because I'm able to just say, "Hey, this is a ray tooth. You want to take it home?" Like you know, yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's you know, and it just makes their lives.
2: It makes the day. It It, makes everything. Exactly. It makes all the difference when you do something like that, and you just you're giving that little something, and it doesn't take much, but it makes the experience so much better for that person. And it's it's an incredible thing you can do, very simply. Just you know, you just change someone's someone's world. You know, it's it's one of those. You know, I always, I always like to tell people. You know, when you're working at Disney, you are the magic. That's the whole point of being a cast member. Yeah, um, that magic doesn't happen by accident. It's because you did something. So kind of fun. Yeah. Well, very cool. And it was really fun talking talking with you and hearing all the stories and uh, and getting over that stuff. So we're gonna have to have to do this more often than every five years. <laughs> so,
1: well
0: you know. <laughs> the way I it think is. I talked a lot tonight and I'm sorry I talked your ear off, so
2: it's all good. Whatever. And I, I hope <laughs> listeners enjoy, you know, enjoy the stories and you know, kind of getting into some things. It's you know, hearing the passion is what makes this podcast interesting. When you know when somebody's on and they're passionate and they're talking about the the thing that they're interested in, that's what makes this fun. Right? And that's you know you can hear me talk a lot and that's great. I'm fine with that. But you know, sometimes having other people on just to talk about their passion, that's what that's what really sells it. it you know, mixes it up a lot.
0: Well, and your passion exudes in every show you do. Like I just get so excited, I'm like, Oh my god, he's talking about horizons. I, can't wait.
2: <laughs> I never <laughs> I never stop talking about horizons. I always talk about horizons. <laughs> I love horizons.
0: God, I miss it so much. It
2: was huh. the best. So well, that and that's the reason that I got uh, that I got Dave on when we when I was doing uh, uh, when I one of my first podcasts. You know, I started talking about Horizons. That was very early on, and I got the guy Hoot from uh, from uh, Mesa Verde Times to come on and talk about how he documented Horizons. He and his friend Chief went and documented um, Horizons thoroughly for exactly that reason. I was like,
1: man, it's so awesome! You were there. You were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and
0: I'm sure we've all been on that Horizons website where we've downloaded all the music. Oh absolutely. I have it all. <laughs> absolutely. But I forget the website now. It's um You actually had the link posted and I have it on my, my home page too. Yeah my I,
2: website, I yeah, think. I am. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple of them out there. Mesa Verde Times was the probably the best one, the most comprehensive. But uh there's Horizons Resurrected and there's a Horizons Tribute page and there's a couple of other ones and they're all good and they have the music and pictures and all this stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's the video. Great.
0: This is awesome. Yeah, and I found an If You Had Wings one, too.
2: Oh, awesome. So, yep. yeah. I think I think If You Had Wings is, in my, is on my radar as one of the uh, upcoming podcasts. Just a little hint for everybody that's out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't
0: wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I still have my original Eastern Airlines pin.
2: Oh, very nice.
0: That they gave you when you got off the ride.
2: Yes, that's right. They did that for a while. That was... Man, I'd forgotten about that. That's yep. funny. And it was yeah.
0: free. Yeah, That exactly. was the
2: best thing because it didn't cost a ticket because that
0: ride was there when you still had the ticket in. That's right, and
2: that was one of the things. And because rides. that was
0: sponsored and it was basically a giant ad, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was free. Yep. So we would get off and then go back on. Yeah. And we would get off and then go back on. And right. it was that whole like tunnel – Where the Omnimover went through this tunnel and you thought you were flying. And it was like, I don't know, the most amazing thing. I'm sure if we went through it now, I'd be like, this is so cheesy because we're so used to CGI. Exactly. But that was amazing in the 70s. You were just like, oh my god. I'm taking off. This is so awesome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. God, long live the 70s. We were so innocent. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: that we were. All right, Christy. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
0: And uh, Oh, thank you so much for inviting me.
2: Oh, you're welcome. And remember, folks, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Right there from Horizons. Bye now. Yes.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes... I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading.